Hey everyone, welcome to Project Esports for May 13th, 2019. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Nimsgern, alongside James Graham and Dylan Beal. How are you guys doing today? I don't know. Andrew's been awfully feisty in pre-show, so I can feel my migraine not going away as I am just defending myself. I think everyone in chat can agree that I simply defend myself, and I mean nothing but good intentions and cuddles. Dylan, how are you doing? I I think that's a complete lie, but I'm good. Uh, I've just been like hanging out, playing some magic, playing some non-esports games, actually, for once. Shame. Um, yeah, I know I need to get on that uh, that regular video game grind. So What, 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 what regular game have you been playing? Uh, it's the new PS Plus game. It's like a walking simulator. Oh, it's like, um, uh, Edith, uh, Edith Fitch? Finch. Finch. Yeah, it's. I played through it the other night in one sitting. It was really good. Um, I like walking simulators a lot. So, um, and it's probably the best. Yeah, I haven't got around to that. I know it's on PS Plus. So I need to go back do it. But I know that got really good reviews, and I think it was in contention for Game of the Year whenever it did come out, or maybe it won Game of the Year. Mm, I hope not. <laughs> like it's it's a good game. Don't get me wrong, but like. It's not like a game of the year kind of game. It's good. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's just like a good story game. All right. Whatever you say, I'll, I'll have to give it a try. But we're not here to talk about video games, unfortunately, as much as I know we all love to. We're here to talk esports because Project Esports is a weekly talk show. Where we talk about the biggest topics, opinions, news stories, whatever's kind of going on in esports. We kind of cover it, give our opinions on it, give a little bit more background knowledge on it. And before we get into that, we do have a little bit of housekeeping. We did have a new episode of Roll for First come out today. James or Dylan, either one of you guys want to tell? I guess Dylan, James wasn't on this week's episode. I wasn't there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there is a new episode of Roll for First, which is our bi-weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk about Magic the Gathering. Um, James was not uh, here the other day, so we had a special guest, a uh, friend of the pod, Mechadoo podcast. They talk about mech, but uh, yesterday... Um, Dan from the podcast came on and we talked a little bit about modern uh, match the gathering. It was fun. We hung out. Uh, we memed a lot. So good episode. Check it out. Uh, if you just go to popoff.com, it is their uh, episode for modern memes. Heck yeah. And yeah, I guess that's really all we have for housekeeping today. Some things in the work. I know we're not going to make an official announcement yet, but I know we've been kind of thinking about TwitchCon and all that kind of stuff. So who knows? Maybe some news coming up, but that's all we really have for housekeeping today. But with that, let's kind of jump right into our first article of the day and talk a little bit about the international. I mean, we don't talk too much about it outside of the kind of months leading up to it. But what's kind of going on, James? Yeah, I find we don't cover Dota enough because, I mean, it is it is a massive game. It is incredibly popular. Um, it's got a huge following. But um, we talked about this like months and months ago, but the battle pass and like all the feature was going to bring and stuff like that. I can't remember the exact episode that we did it in. It was, a, it was like I said, it was a hot minute ago. But they released it, and the big part about the battle pass is that it's basically crowdfunding. Um, so it goes towards the TI prize pool. Um, and in the first 24 hours, they raised 7.4 million dollars. They surpassed the previous year's Jeez. battle pass by like 1.2 million or something like that in the first day. And like, I mean, this is going on pretty much up until the up until the uh, the international. So which is when? Uh, that is a good question. <laughs> in the summer in the summer sometime yeah i don't i, I haven't actually seen anything really like really like really like relating to the like the venue the date or anything like that i can definitely find that information um, is it in china this year probably i think you're, you're I like a whole big thing about like 
Valve not coming out and releasing all the info like very quickly because people were like, oh, wow, I want to go. But it's in China. And that's like a whole big thing to get to China. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, I know there was the, between that and the previous major they had over there, too, with all like the controversy of the player banning and stuff like that. It was a bit of a mess. So I don't they probably are still trying to finalize that because because the Chinese government did have a degree of influence. And I know some people are hesitant about jumping onto that bandwagon. But, uh, yeah, no, I'll definitely investigate that. Um, but, yeah, so Valve's, in my opinion, doing stuff right with this crowdfunding. Like I mean, like I said, the Battle Pass brought some pretty dope fe- features. Uh, I think, Dylan, you were the one that kind of, like, listed them off and went through each one of them since you have more of experience with the game. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm, I was really shocked because I think it was, like, $4 million in the first six hours or something like that. I was like, oh, my God. So, I guess just going back to last year because – you know, it's pretty crazy because it feels like we just talked about it, um, which was last year. We talked about it on uh, Proud d Sports. But last year, I think it wasn't on track with uh, with previous years. And then it finally caught up and exceeded the record. Um, but this year, it looks like they're exceeding the record early. So do you think it's just going to kind of take off from here? Do you think there's going to be a big slump and it not hit the record amount? Or what do you guys think? I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna still hit the record amount. I think it's probably gonna surpass it too. When are we gonna have a not record year? I think is the big question. Like when? When is it gonna just stop? Because like you can only hit the record so many years in a row. I mean, not necessarily. I mean, it could be this year. It could be next year. It could be ten years from now. I mean, esports. I Dota two though. Like it's not like Dota two is growing rapidly. Like, but. Esports competitiveness and just gaming not, culture in general is growing, though. No, no, no. But like, you're not going to get the battle pass. Mm-hmm. Battle pass is an in-game thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to get it. James isn't going to get it. Like, this is an in-game thing. So, if Dota Two itself is not growing, then why would the price will be constantly growing? Because Dota's not doing anything wrong. I think that's the big thing. I think Dota's been consistent, so why not continue to contribute to something that's being consistent? Um, but, no, 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 that, but that, that doesn't really break records. That doesn't break records, and that's exactly. what Dylan's trying to ask. Yeah, I'm saying, why is it? Because if it's the same, you know, crowd of people that's always buying into it. Okay, I yeah, yeah. So, like, to build on my point, to build on my point, because they're consistent, because they're not doing anything wrong, that slowly, that perpetually brings in more people. They're not they're not blowing these they're not blowing these records out of the water by any means, but they're still breaking them. And I think that is credit to do Valve not screwing up to having their player base bring in new players like on a regular basis. They sit at like twelve million players. No, but they so, sit at twelve million. This isn't at, yeah, yeah. it's not growing like per se. Well, well, see, I don't think we have enough information to really say it's growing or not growing because we haven't really trended like the player base or anything like that. So I think I think again, like I think it's just credited to Dota not doing anything wrong. To have people constantly want to come in, there's been no major scams, there's been no major like shit shows that have dissuaded people not to want to get into the game. Yeah, but not doing anything wrong doesn't set a record for the fastest to a certain amount of money in international history. Like that's not what not doing something wrong does. I mean, like I well, I, I can't think of a comparison. So but I, I, I do, I do ahead. have numbers. I do have numbers right here from Steam charts, um, which is you know it tracks the amount of players that are playing Dota two and any game on Steam. And if you're looking through two thousand, I would say two thousand seventeen until today, 
um, the amount of players really doesn't change that rapidly. Like uh, from 2017, it was about a million. And then it started dipping down, I guess, the lowest point in 2018 to like 700,000. But for the most part, it doesn't go below 700,000 and it stays, you know, below a million. These numbers are staying the same. They're not they're not drastically changing either. Are these um, uniques? Are these monthly uniques? Like what, what, what a million, what these, these are, these are unique players. I would assume per month. Okay. Like login, like these are unique players per, per month. How many uniques? Um, so these it's steady, but what I'm saying is like, it's, it's not large. It's not, it's not crazy. Like we saw in 2015, it went to like 1.2 million, which is more than it's ever been, which is huge. But like, it's not really changing that much. So why is there more money coming into the battle pass? They than, haven't done the battle pass. The battle pass is yeah, like a have. new thing. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Cause it, the battle pass was basically the compendium. Like it's a little different, but it was basically the same thing. So it's been going on since like 2015, which I don't know. Like they changed the model a little bit. They perfected it a little bit. Yeah. But like, it's still breaking records, and I don't know why it's still breaking records. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah, because but Valve, I guess I don't know. Man. Yeah, I, it, it's hard to pinpoint. I mean, it could be that the people are staying. I mean, the fan base isn't growing, so you got to assume that those monthly active users are pretty much the same people each month, give or take some here and there, and that they're, they're they play so much that like, okay, I play Dota every single month for the last five years. Why wouldn't I? Since the player base isn't growing, they're not losing, they're not getting people. The people that are in are getting more committed. That's kind of like I've got back in the league. I'm like, I'm getting hours and hours of entertainment out of this. Sure, I'll buy the M- MSI Battle Pass. Like, why wouldn't I? I'm getting my, I'm getting money's worth out of it. So that could be one thing. Or even though it does make small changes, and even though the compendium, the compendium and the Battle Pass is very similar, they made the changes, however small they are, to be exactly what more players wanted, so more people want to get in it. I think it could be a bunch of small things. I mean, without getting inside the brain of all Dota 2 fan base, it's really hard to understand exactly why. But it's clearly not I don't a, want to be inside that ad. It's clearly not a growing uh, fan base. It's just maybe just more commitment into the scene and into the pro scene because the people that are there are the ones that are incredibly active and really into it. Kind of like how Overwatch is. Do you think it has anything to do with auto chess? No, no, absolutely not. No. Auto chess is like I know it's like I know it's like a old. Yeah, it's, it's it's relatively new. I would say it has nothing to do with it. Now, it would be interesting to see if that the player base has gone up because of auto chess. Because I think you have to log into Dota two to log into auto chess because it's like a mod in the game. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure to be honest. Yeah, but I guess yeah, just kind of fucks with international. I mean. I don't think any of us are complaining that it's breaking records and is on track to be the highest grossing year. Like, that's awesome. I like, why wouldn't we want that to happen? I mean, I think just because the fan base is the same, it'll probably slow down. It'll might break the record, but I wouldn't say it's going to blow the record out of the water. I could be wrong. Could known to absolutely nothing, but just with the fan base staying consistent, it doesn't make sense for it to be ex- exponentially larger than in previous years. Uh, just to add on to that, so group stage is starting August 15th to August 18th, and then the main stage is August 20th to August 25th. Um, it is going to be in Shanghai. Um, that's really all the information we have. Right. But yeah, anything else you want to kind of wrap up on the 
Battle Pass, we talked a lot more about Dota than I expected us to for none of us really playing anymore. Uh, no, no. I'm just, uh, I find the International is the one thing I will watch just like religiously. Just Yeah. And yeah, and it's something that will even get me kind of into it as well just because it's just such a big thing. So I love that. But with that, we'll kind of move on to our favorite podcast within a podcast, Project Overwatch, where each and every week we spend way too much time talking about Overwatch because it's one of all of our favorite esports. And this week, we kind of have a variety of things. I think, Phil, first off, how do you guys feel about the San Francisco Shock being the new champions of Stage 2? I fucking hate Sinatra, so I'm not a huge fan of that. No feelings. I don't like their branding that much, to be honest. So, so you're against it. So you both would have preferred the Vancouver Titans one. Yes, actually, I would. I I don't know. I like. I like an unstoppable team. I like a team that's just like, like even though like they aren't my team, it's still cool to have a team that's like way above everyone else, just dominating the scene. I know it's kind of cool to see. I also, I also like their overall composure, their overall like vibe. Like if you if you listen to the Vancouver comms, like they're much more, they're much more down to earth than the shock. The shock are like the shock to me are a bunch of raging frat boys who are good at overwatch. Cause they just like, they just like, like, like mouth off the entire time. And that, I don't know. I'm cool with that. Like I'm usually fine with that, but I'm cool with that until you get smashed. And then it makes me feel really good to like, just watch them get rolled over. They haven't got smashed though. They did in stage one. They got, it was four, three. No, it wasn't. It was four, three. It went to game seven. That's not getting smashed. It was a win. I don't care. They lost. Fuck's an odd. If it was the other way around and MSI and if TL took IG 4-3, you wouldn't say Team Liquid got smashed. You said, oh, Team Liquid almost had it. That's not a smashing. You're just say saying that because you don't like the shock. I would say Team Liquid. Yeah, of course I'm saying that because I don't like the shock. It's called a bias, and Bias aside. So what ended up happening is, yep, the stage two finals did happen yesterday. Um, it was a best of four series, and it ended up being San Francisco Shock taking the Stage 2 championship, which was a rematch like we just talked about from Stage 1. They ended up winning 4-2, looking, I wouldn't say dominant, but clearly playing a lot better there. Super had an outstanding performance. Definitely probably the best main tank in the league right now. And I don't know, I really enjoyed all of watching it yesterday. I had kind of fallen out towards the end of the stage, so it was really nice kind of getting back in the playoffs, and I watched a lot of the stage playoffs recently, but not too much news controversy. It's kind of cool. Um, so that was Vancouver's first loss, I guess, which would be the biggest kind of news coming out of that, but not really too much going on. Do you guys think that we're going to see the same two teams in all of the stage finals at this point? No, I don't, I don't- I don't see. I don't know because if you looked at like the uh, the 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 games like leading up to like the shock versus Vancouver like rematch, like most of the games were blowouts. None of them were really that close. Like even the X, uh, well, besides the XL game, because I guess I didn't watch the XL game, um, and I guess it really didn't reflect the score. Really didn't reflect like the the quality of play that like happened. So I think XL might be the only other variable we see in there, but I wouldn't really be surprised because. Like, unless we see a drastic meta shift, which we were like, oh, my God, we're going to see it in stage two because it batiste. And then guess what happened? Nothing. So um, I think as long as GOATS remains the meta, I think these two teams are going to stay fairly dominant because they've just perfected it that much more. I do agree. I hope so. 
I don't know. I love this matchup. Obviously, now it being 1-1 in stage championships, both of these teams are unbelievable right now. So it is the best GOATS Overwatch that you're going to see, which is ultimately what you want the stage championships to be. You want the best two teams in the current meta going against each other. So if it says GOATS, it is entertaining. Like, I've seen a lot of people saying that, like, if GOATS is played right, it is incredibly entertaining, and GOATS is played right when these two teams are going against each other. So, I hope they make it next year. I mean, next stage, if the uh, meta doesn't shift, and it doesn't look like there's any reason for it to shift at this point. No big changes coming out. I mean, we're a month away, I guess, next stage doesn't start till early June, so something could happen, but more GOATS. Yeah, it's probably just gonna be more goats, man. At this point, more goats, more goats. Yeah. Um, actually, kind of talking about the shock a little bit too. Um, their academy team are and there are NRG. Oh my goodness, academy yeah. team decided to no longer field a contenders team. So, I mean, it's kind of weird. Or what do we guys think about the number one team, the stage, and one of the most dominant teams in Overwatch? Deciding not to feel a contenders team anymore. This sucks, um, particularly because uh, NRG was associated with DC. Actually, um, NRG itself is associated with D- DC, even though they do have San Francisco. So it gets a little bit confusing. But you know, San Francisco Shock, the Overwatch team that they own um, for Overwatch League, is in San Francisco and based out of that uh, city. But NRG itself, as just like a larger esports organization is partnered with um, Washington, D.C. So their contenders team was based in Washington, D.C. Like, they would have, like, events here. Like, they'd be like, oh, come out and meet the players and stuff. And Mm -hmm. it sucks because we're not going to get that anymore, and it takes away from local esports. But, like, it kind of makes sense because, like, you know, Washington Justice is the team for D.C. now. All of it kind of gets weird and messy and doesn't make sense. So I would be very, very um, interested to see if NRG keeps its partnership with uh, the city or the district of Columbia. Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I worded that really weirdly because I was going to say the state, but it's not a state. And but no, I'd be interested to see if that partnership lasts because you know this was like the only really big thing they were doing. It also sucks to see like a like I they're not the strongest team in like contenders, but they were strong. Like I mean, and they were like properly funded as well. Like, I mean, they had a strong backing. It's, it sucks to see one of those teams like follow to like the contenders bracket too, because of course the, the point of the contenders bracket is to find new talent and like farm them up and make them better players. Like we saw a bunch of like uh, both Shaxx and uh, FT. Oh my God. What's, is it FTS? Like I can't, I can never remember his full name. Oh, I came from the mayhem, the mayhem Academy. Fact fiction. Yeah. Fact fiction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So to see like, like, I mean, you need higher caliber players to like really showcase these guys as well, right? So I mean, if the yeah, but that league- spot's not going anywhere. I mean, it just opens up. It's one of the eight contender spots that another team could have an option to choose. Um, they could just do another team getting a play in from open division. Like it doesn't necessarily automatically take away a spot for these players to grow. No, and- no, no, I'm not. I wasn't saying that. I'm saying it it, it it opens up the realm for a dog shit team to go in there to not really benefit the contenders league to really you know further. Um, like further, like kind of make it like a meme. You know what I mean? You don't, cause you want, you want quality overwatch coming out of contenders and you won't get that if you're fielding dog shit teams. Yeah. And I wouldn't say they're dog shit teams, but I just think what ultimately what I think it kind of comes from is yeah, yes, they weren't near the top. 
I mean, you see the Mayhem Academy, you see Fusion Union, you see some of these organizations just being better and not getting as much. But also, the branding was weird with them. I don't, I don't know why they made the choice to go NRG Academy instead of the Shock Academy. No, because it, it was before. So it that's, was that's like, what I mean. And I think you know, that it, could be it was part of weird what because they did it before. And then, like I said, they were also partnered with DC, so they don't want to be the San Francisco shock contenders team yeah. in DC. Like it be, it, it was just really weird. Situation. That's what I mean. I think ultimately it ended up kind of being the branding that because of the situation they're in, they weren't able to get the brand exposure and, and maybe they weren't getting the players they wanted. Or at this point, the uh, shocks roster is huge and they're doing dominant. They don't need other players. So they just don't see like, we don't need to farm up players right now. We can always get them from somewhere else. If we really wanted them, they weren't getting the brand awareness that they wanted out of it so they just ultimately probably found because of multiple reasons there's no one reason for any decision like that that it just wasn't worth the money they're continuing to put into it more than likely well i think this also leads into the question that is contenders profitable no for teams like what are they getting out of it like it, it if you're getting a really good space to train up players to possibly funnel into your overwatch league team then yeah then it's totally worth it i think it's really good but like it's really hard to justify it if you're not making that funnel really well, if your team's not doing well, so it's great. just It's just incredibly different compared to other kind of funnel systems because there's only eight contender spots, at least in NA. So, like, the LA Valiant got two players from the Florida Mayhems Academy team. Like, it's not like it's an automatic up and down. And, like, you can pull from them, but you sign these contracts that kind of prohibit them from being able just to pull it up. Like, during the NBA, you can just pull a player up. Like, it's just a different situation than a lot of other ones because you have to sign these two-way contracts, which limits you on both sides and all that kind of stuff. So just the contract yeah. situation makes it different than other funnel systems. So there is less value out of it because ultimately at the end of the... Like, because there's nothing in the contract saying that you're tied to this organization. They're tied to the Mayhem Academy team. They're not tied to the Florida mayhem, at least to my understanding. They probably signed a contract with a different organization. So it's they have a right to go wherever they want, wherever they can get the most money, the most playing time, or whatever kind of like that. Or in this situation, actually a trade before Florida Mayhem. So I take it back. The Florida Mayhem do own them. Because the Florida Mayhem are able to trade them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the and like the two way contracts kind of screwy too, because they're like it was a certain number of games that you're only allocated to. You can only do it for like three games or something like that. And then I don't know what happened, but I know we were running like the beginning of the season when the like the two way contracts were a big thing. I think like apply was one of the ones that got screwed over. I think fusions was another one. That yeah, got but they over. ended up figuring out that contract. Yeah. It was just yeah, a, yeah, they yeah. screwed up in the first place and they ended up fixing it. But yeah, but yeah, I guess well, I mean, we'll see what team kind of comes in there, what option they choose to do with it. It could be one of the expansion teams grabbing slot. Could just be another team from open division, which would be cool. I'd almost prefer to be another open division team, but. I guess I I would say that I really hope that another team comes in that could do local uh like local esports things in DC um but the justice is basically just a contenders team pretty much stoplight team feels bad feels bad Valiant is no feels longer down bad. there so it feels real good and because of that we, I'm going to start buying Valiant trading cards because we can do that starting soon. And you guys are not as near as hyped about this as I thought you'd be. So the Overwatch League signed a deal with Upper Deck, which was, we don't know, Upper Deck pretty much does 
all like the trading cards you get for professional sports and all kinds of stuff. I remember if you go down to my basement, I still have just big boxes of these from basketball and baseball and all that kind of stuff growing up. So I love this kind of stuff. But pretty much what it's a deal is it's just a new merchandising deal, which has trading cards, notebooks, um, posters, all that kind of stuff. But I think the trading card is definitely the coolest part that, yeah, you're going to be able to go out and buy a pack and see what players you get from Overwatch League. Why is that not cool? Why are you not excited? So I I think posters are just fine, and I'm not trying to like dunk on anyone's hobby. But sports trading cards are fucking lame. They're so goddamn lame. Like they're the most unhyped thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. Wow. Like I'm sorry, I don't mean to dunk on on someone's like passion or whatever, but man, to me they're just so boring. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of like, and I think that's just because. Dylan, our background is in, in like in card games that are like, like they're actually like engaging, and this is just purely like a memorabilia thing, right? So the thing, the, the shitty part about memorabilia stuff is that it phases out eventually, right? It phases stuff out, like so. I mean, like, but it, like, well, I mean, like for the most part, dude. Like, when's the last time you heard anybody talk about like NHL trading cards, MLB trading cards, NFL trading cards? They just they phase out, right? But like, but we have we have. Magic the Gathering that's been around since the goddamn Stone Age, and it's still it's doing better than that's ever. That's right? totally different. That those are two different types of collecting cards. One and two, the rise of th- of kind of those collections and cards in video games are the reason because of the actual card declines. Because you have things such as my franchise, no, like my team, and both the NBA Two K. And in Madden, where you're able to collect players the same way almost, and it's digital in. That's a little bit more why, because people are spending more money there digitally. Like, the amount of money you see people spending to try to get certain cards in Madden is the same thing as getting the dumb in real life, but they're actually used in a game. So I think that's kind of where they go, but I don't know. I just think more options to buy things that support your favorite teams are cool. Well, I mean, does this support our favorite teams? Support the Overwatch League. No, but yeah, but I mean, like, we're giving our money to Upper Deck and Blizzard. I don't want to give my money to Upper Deck and Blizzard. Blizzard I'd rather is... buy, like, merch that, like, directly supports the teams. If, if the teams did this, like, on their own or something like that, like, I'd be much more down with it. But it's another, like, I mean, it's the we're going to see, I don't think we're going to see as much of a shit show as we saw with Fanatics, where, like, quality control was dog, dog shit and, like, everything like that, but... Um, yeah, no, I'd like it to see, like, have we seen, like, a portion that's going to the teams or anything like that? If any of it is going to the teams or is it just going to Blizzard slash Upper Deck as a whole? Because it wouldn't make sense if it's going to the teams because the packs are random. It's not like you're buying a fusion exactly. pack or anything. Yeah. So then that's, I don't know, man. Like, I'd like to see it more directly fueled into esports, not directly fueled into Blizzard. Yeah, because, like, to me, it, I don't know, just, like, the, the idea of, like, the cards are kind of weird because it's, like, I guess here's a snapshot of like what their current stats are, I I guess. Um, so it's like a weird snapshot there and it's like a tiny picture. But like if I'm going to spend money to try to collect the stuff, I would much rather like buy a print of, of someone. Like, you can get those too. The, well, the other or thing, you could just get just get that. The other thing with. Well, that's through Upper Deck. It's just I'm we're only focusing on trading cards here right now, but it is right. bigger than just trader ca- trading cards. Right, but I think trading cards is like was kind of what they led with, though, too, right? And the big, the big thing about esports that is very different from traditional sports is the shelf life of players is not the same. You don't get franchise players like you do in esports, like in, in traditional sports. You do, but not to the same extent, right? Like you, you'll get like 
If you get a player that's been on the same team for like four or five years, that's an anomaly. He's a franchise player. You see, like, I mean, you see players that literally do their entire career with some franchise teams in like traditional sports. Dirk Nowitzki is like a like a prime example. You know what I mean? So I think I think it's it's a really weird market to kind of break into. Sure, go for it. Why not? But I just to me, I don't think it's going to really be worth it in the ass end. Yeah, and not only do players you know trade around teams quite a bit in esports, but I mean they also just their 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 life in esports is like a snapshot compared to like you know a lot of times whenever you're in the NFL or whatever you could be there for like like a decade like even more look like at Tony Romo like, man yeah like a lot of players are there for a very long time you, you that's like actually impossible in esports you actually cannot do that in esports yeah exactly like Andrew she, cool Matt's like 30 man. who cool Matt you could be in the league for a while cool you Matt mean, has not been playing Overwatch that long though but he's that age, you can stay in there for that long. Like, players... But, I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah, Lemon Nation was in, like, was playing until he was almost 30. But, I mean, like, the... But Lemon Nation also jumped around, like, three different teams. So, or two different teams, but still. And then you get, and then they get subbed, and then they just kind of fade into nothing. I don't know, man. It's not... Is it cool? Yes. Is it an extra piece of thing that looks... To, like, you know, to have a part of your team? Yes. But it's not the money's not going where we want it to. You know what I mean? Well, of course it doesn't. But that doesn't mean that the fans shouldn't have options to buy it. I mean, oh, I, okay. Well, I mean, do we want to like put their face like each player gets their own face across like a beanie? What? Like no, no, no one wants that. What? That's what we're getting at. Is like sure, there's like more options, but like I don't. know, It's a bad option. Like it. Like it's something that like I think is like not a good investment in, into resources. I think you should use those resources to uh, secure partnerships elsewhere. But it's just money going into the Overwatch League, which is good. We don't know that, though. We know it's going into Blizzard. Yeah, we know it's going into Blizzard. We know it's going to Upper Deck. Like We don't know that this is directly affecting uh, Overwatch League for the better. Like And also, like if they do well, like who knows? It might be a $1,000 profit. $1,000 profit means nothing to the Overwatch League. Like we're we're talking, they need like millions of dollars in profit to like stay afloat and to like keep this thing going. I disagree. So like I think it's like I think Andrew. it's okay, but I'm being so critical on it because like it's not as hype as it could. Like there's other stuff that could be way more hype. Yes, but there's know, always gonna be like things make, that are more make hype. Merch that's actually good. That's a bad way to look at things. I don't know. I think it's critical. I think it's totally fine to be critical of the things that you like. I love the Overwatch League and I want it to succeed and I want it to succeed in a way that they uh, secure like advantageous partnerships rather than very lukewarm ones like trading cards because just like from experience like uh, we were talking about this a little bit but um, for StarCraft 2 they had trading cards. Yeah. I was like cool. I had like a Jadong trading card but like I I looked at it and it was like it like I don't want to say it felt like garbage, but it was just like junk. Like it felt like junk, and like I know it's like it depends on the value you hold if it's memorabilia. And I have an inherent bias because I'm a very minimalistic person. I do not keep a lot of things. I keep things very minimal, but like I can kind of understand like sports trading cards, like really old cards. You know, keeping ones at players that you really like. But it's really hard to connect the dots with esports for me with that. Fair enough. Buy a jersey. Buy a jersey if you like the player. 
Don't don't try and get the trading. But the jerseys are bad quality. I don't know. I agree. For now, I just need to go. I think, yeah, and I was talking about it, and yeah, it's official that teams cannot sell any merch that isn't event exclusive. Which I found that out through Twitter. So teams can sell merch, they just can't sell it online. So you have to get it in person? <laughs> yes. Where where the hell am I going to get it in person? You can't. But like I was talking about, like for last, it was even a thing last year. Like with the Valiant, I'm like, how were the Valiant able to make um like their custom T-shirts and stuff last year? They said, well, they were only sold at the um Battle for LA or whatever the event. Yeah, that that event between them and the San Francisco Shock, and they were only given away online. They were not sold online. That's how you're able to get around that and use the branding. Just like the NYXL pop-up store. They're only available in person, which means That's they're expensive. That's so dumb, exclusive. man. Yep. Isn't that, that is, because they, yeah, pretty much Fanatics owns online selling. It's pretty much all they have the right to. But that's something for a different day, and hopefully Fanatics are just gone next year. At least they lift that ban. But before we do that, I just want to remind each and every one of you that since we are Twitch affiliates, that do mean if you have Amazon Prime, you have Twitch Prime, and you're able to give a subscription each and every month to any small content creator or large content creator on Twitch. All you have to do is go in the top right corner on Twitch and push the subscribe button. You get it for free each month. It does not automatically renew, so make sure to go and do that for whatever content creator that you do give it to. We'd obviously love for it to be us because it does mean the world, but just make sure to give it each month because it is free if you have Amazon Prime, so why not use it anyways? But with that, Dylan... Am, am I not? Am I not allowed to do the Amazon Prime? Never uh, again. Plug anymore? Never again. I said it on the show last week, and I was not joking. <laughs> but you can talk about Collegiate Esports because that is another thing that you love talking about. Yeah. Uh, so ESPN had their Collegiate Esports Championship. Um, apparently, it was at a thing called Comic Palooza, which I didn't know. Um, it was at that event as well. Um, so I guess. You know, there was a large convention center and they were just like, oh, well, this is not big enough to be its own big thing in a convention center. So let's piggyback on Comic Palooza. Um, but it was in Houston <laughs> and it was pretty cool because um, CSL, ESPN and TESPA, which is like the collegiate branch of Blizzard, all partnered up together to th- put on this event, which I think is really, really cool. And we got to see a bunch of games there. So there was Overwatch, Hearthstone, Starcraft 2, Rest in Peace, uh, Heroes of the Storm, Rest in Peace again, and Street Fighter V. Um, so we got to see some games that aren't usually um, in the spotlight at an actual event. And a bunch of colleges were playing, which is cool because I love collegiate esports and I love that they're getting really big events like this. So just to give you guys the super quick rundown of all the winners um, for Overwatch, it was Harrisburg University. Um, they won, which I think right now they're considered one of the best schools for esports. They have an incredibly large program. And they inserted a ton of money into there. They have some really big names actually running the program. Uh, For Hearthstone, Georgia Tech won. Another really, really good school at Collegiate Esports. Georgia Tech is absolutely killing it in Collegiate. Um, I know they have a really good Hearthstone team um, from previous years as well. Uh, StarCraft II. In typical StarCraft II fashion, uh, UC Berkeley won. Um, Yeah, back in the day, all the California teams were just godlike. Um, Half of them had like semi-pros on them anyways um i don't think uc berkeley has any uh starcraft pros or semi-pros on it but they definitely have a good team have always had a really good team 
uh, Heroes of the Storm, Rutgers University won, um, which I'm pretty I'm pretty proud of them winning. Um, Rutgers University is, uh, you know, I, I know a bunch of people from that school, so I know how much that they put into that program. And it is really a program that's run basically only by students. They don't really have a lot of uh, support from the college or even just like big directors. They don't even have a director. This is just a club. Uh, so, you know, good on them for winning Heroes of the Storm. And then finally, Street Fighter V, New Jersey Institute of Technology won. Um, so this was a little bit different because it was a singular team, or sorry, a singular player from that school. Oh, so it wasn't like representative or anything like that? It was it just this one. Kind, it was like kind of representative. So like there was a couple players, I think, from each school maybe, but you had to, you, like, you had to go out to an event and like win the event or like get top... I don't know, like top four or whatever to go out to the event. Um, but yeah, New Jersey Institute of Technology won, which I guess they have a really good esports program. I didn't know this, but like uh, they did really well in the NYXL uh, Spring Rally that we were talking about a couple weeks ago. They were up there. They were competing super hard with it. So I guess they're a really good um, collegiate esports school. I didn't know about that. So definitely going to have them on my radar going forward. Yeah, I guess I don't have much to talk about. Cool event. I watched some of it over the weekend. I mean, it was nice watching Kludzik Overwatch because it's not all goats. It's a bunch of actually fun comps and all that kind of stuff. And I know a couple people that are down there. So it looked like it was a cool event. I mean, I'd love to see more of these. I'd love and to see more of them Houston in the Midwest. Too. Of I mean, this is in Houston. Houston. So this is building this is building the uh the foundation for you to actually get events because we've always seen events out in California. Of course, LA always has these sports events. And then now we're starting to see, you know, some in the East Coast. We're getting some Boston, we're getting some New York. And, and Philadelphia. Finally, yeah, and Philadelphia is gonna have a bunch of stuff. And then now it's like the South. Texas gets some events. Texas is killing it in esports right now. They're having like some more events out there, they're having a ton of teams out there. Which is really cool because once they have all that, there's only one other place to go. It's the Midwest. Hawaii. They'll go to Hawaii before they come to the Midwest. No one comes to the Midwest. The Midwest is hated by everything. No, They have to put something in Chicago. Sooner or later, it's going to happen. They would have put the grand finals this year in Chicago if they were ever going to put it in Chicago. The shitty part is, too, I think, is that we're not going to see it probably in the Midwest because... If you just go a little bit north, you get Toronto. So I feel like it's just like, well, why go to like, yeah, yeah, we will literally go to Canada before we come to the Midwest. True. And it's Canada. That's saying something. Come on, guys. So, wow. I, the the one other statement I did have about this is I had a little gripe with this, this, uh, this event. The, the, the event had its own Twitter page. I think it's like C, 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 E, S, P, N. And it's run by like ESPN events. It's man- it says it's managed by them. They need to they needed to step that page up. They need to step the page up. They needed to to fix the profile picture. I want to know what was going on with it because it's like a blurry profile picture, and it's supposed to be like the main uh, the main Twitter handle for this event. They needed to step it up. The coverage was okay by it. Like I got I got to see all the winners. You're getting like- some Tespa intern fired right now. No, no, there's no way because I know college students put a lot of effort into these know, things. I'm there's kidding. no way. Yeah, somebody, somebody paid put in that little effort. That's that, that's how we know because somebody's not trying to make their name for themselves. They already get a paycheck. Yeah. Anyways, they should have stepped that up a little bit. So 
I'm I'm assuming probably what happened is that the event staff for this was probably incredibly small, and they threw someone who was already doing a bunch of things onto it. Um, so get get a social media person. Like, come on. That's anything, all I got to say. Anything else you want to touch on this one? No. So the next one is not quite esports. It's related around games that are esports, but. Recently, and it's kind of been developing still, but a senator announced a bill that would ban loot boxes and pay-to-win transactions in games that are targeted towards children. So this includes Fortnite, this includes Overwatch, this includes FIFA, Madden, things such as that. I mean, it's still a bill. I mean, if you guys ever watched any of those videos growing up, it still has a very long way to go through the judicial system before it becomes passed. But can you, can you give us the song? I do not remember the song. I wish I knew the song because I would have started singing it. Tell me, let me know about the song, dude. We don't do this shit in Canada. You don't, you don't have do the song. That. No, no, nope, you don't. You Canada. don't. Yeah, you don't have the singing. Canada. The singing like bill that just kind of lost rock, dude. No, they did because rock, it was American. It. God, that was great. That was such a fun way to learn about the judicial system growing up. But nonetheless, I mean, this could be big. I mean, obviously, games like Call of Duty and such won't be affected. And obviously, the pay to win side is much more on the Madden FIFA side. While just the general loot boxes is going to be targeted toward Overwatch and Fortnite, which are all cosmetics. I mean, do we think that banning of all or like limiting, I guess it would be banning all loot boxes and games that aren't rated M. Is that a good thing? Do we think it's bad? What are you guys thinking about that? I don't, I don't think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing if you're banning it for pay to win transactions, but they're not because they don't, I don't think it's very vague. Yeah, exactly. Right. Which is concerning because cosmetic loot boxes in, in no way alter your gameplay. No way. Like, I mean, say there can be some debate, like some skins make it like the particles make it harder or whatever to see the skill, skill shots, see like, you know, see people through terrain, stuff like that. But like that isn't a game altering like things like that's not pay, a pay to win system. So I think taking that away from these games is a bad idea. I think that's really dumb because I think it's like slowly trying to kill the game. And if, honestly, like just tell your kid, no, go fuck yourself, kid. Go mow some lawns if you want that loot box. Jesus, man. Stop stealing mom's credit card. But I, I think they're focusing one more on gambling and things such as that and the addictiveness of a lot of it where it comes from. But I just think with the bill being so vague that it hurts games that do it right. Overwatch does loot boxes fine. Obviously, it could be better in the system they do it, but they don't push you on to buying them. You get a ton of them free. Like, I've never bought one. I've put hundreds of hours. I've never had a feeling to, like... It does it well, while with Fortnite, it's a little different because you get bullied if you don't buy a skin. It's like, there's some games that have a loot box and kind of... Wait, 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 back it up, back it up. You get bullied in Fortnite if you don't have a skin? Absolutely. That is, there are like there's like research and articles coming out all the time about kids that play Fortnite and don't have skins are more likely to be bullied than kids that play Fortnite and have skins. That's actually mind-blowing. Like, in real life, not even on the game, like, at school. There's been research coming out about this. I just read an article on it the other day. So, like, there are some games where the culture around it is bad. But it's not... Fortnite still does it in a fine way. The culture around it is what has made it bad. Fortnite isn't 
bad necessarily, but like FIFA, Madden, 2K, those are straight pay to win systems. Those yeah, need absolutely. to be fixed. That is horrible. How EA does their loot boxes need to be fixed. Overwatch should not be touched. Fortnite is just culture. So yeah. it's all different. So I have like, I don't know, it's a lot. So I, I've been thinking about for this for quite a bit um, because on Wednesday, I actually listened to another podcast, uh, Player vs. Saul podcast. They're friends of the pod. Uh, very good guys over there. Um, but they were actually talking about this and they went into huge length about it. And so I'm going to give like the stuff that I like from that conversation plus what I've been thinking about for you know the past week or so about this. So there's a lot to unpack here. So first of all, I think loot boxes, the way that they're done is pretty predatory um, in terms of just even microtransactions in all games. In In all games, in general, cosmetic, I think they're all pretty predatory on the way that they work. Um, They hit that like kind of weird thing in your brain um, that gambling hits. Um, And so like you get into weird situations of kids who like, you know, it's not even about like stealing mom's credit card and doing it. It's like, even if it's like a low amount of money, say they're just a quarter each, you're going off a couple times and you're doing it. And it's like hitting that thing in your brain. And I'm very not for uh, legislation that limits people's vices. I think it's pretty good to leave that stuff open for people to figure that stuff out. But things with gambling gets a kind of weird in the psychology behind it. Um, but I also don't agree with it because the person that brought this forward is just like some, uh, like, sorry, sorry to get very biased here. Um, but some dumb fuck Republican brought this forward, not because he actually wants to, uh, you know, help kids or whatever, but because he doesn't know fuck all about video games and that he just thinks video games, bad, uh, ruining kids. That's why he's bringing this forward. He's not doing it because he's a lover of video games and wants to see the video game community flourish under like really good non-predatory things. So he's actually bringing this forward in bad faith. And that's a huge, huge issue because we shouldn't have the U.S. government coming in and saying what we should and should not do with video games. We should police ourselves before getting to that point because people in Congress, they don't know anything about video games. No one knows anything about video games. The closest thing in Congress for someone knowing about video games is AOC. And she is bronze in league right now. <laughs> um, no, wow. but, like, but on a serious note, like not very many people in, in Congress know anything about video games because they're all old. They're old people. And like I said it once, I said it before. If you're over 40, you got to get the block. Um, oh, the but, block. Yeah, you got to get the block. No, but seriously, they don't really know too much about video games. So we don't want these people coming in and saying, here's the way that video game loot boxes should work. When they don't even know anything about video games, these are the same people that are on Twitter going, man, I can't believe they're playing Donkey Kong for money nowadays. You know, they're real pissed off about the ABC thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so we should be policing ourselves before we get to that point. Like we as a community should be staying up going, this really sucks. We need to do something about this. Maybe uh, the um, the ESRB, that's it, right? The, the people who do the ratings, the ESRB should come forward and go, if there's any sort of loot box mechanic, if there's any sort of gambling mechanic in your games, automatic M rating, and we put that on there. We put gambling on there so that kids can't just go out and buy this game. They have to get their parents' permission. And when they do, if you go to GameStop, because this is what how it worked back in the day when I was under 18, I had to buy rated M games. They would go, 
all right, are you sure you want to buy this for your kid? It has violence, uh, blah, 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 and in, into it. They, but had they to would read say, it off. Oh, yeah. I was yeah, a bad have... GameStop employee. I was supposed to do that. I never did that. Yeah, no, you're supposed to do that. And then it would be really important because they would come to gambling and go, there is gambling in this. And the parent would go, there's gambling in this. And if you have an employee that's like, like actually informing the parents about this, they'd be like, yeah, you know, there's this loot box system and you pay for it and this is how it works. So it's a large, big, complex situation. To sum it up, please don't let this get to the point that the U.S. government's coming in on it, but it is a bad practice and we should be self-regulating. Primarily because it's a bad faith. Yes. I, I don't disagree with anything there, yeah. I, I Especially with how vague the bill is, it will hurt developers that do i mean it pretty much doesn't allow any developer no matter how good or bad they do it to put loot boxes into a game that's not rated m and that hurts small developers more than even the large developers that do cosmetics in a good way and that it helps the game and they do it so that it's beneficial for everyone that hurts games like that and that's what i'm more worried about kind of the smaller game side because whatever blizzard's gonna find that money somewhere else ea is gonna find that money somewhere else i'm not worried about the they'll hit nick take a hit even if they bump it up to m they'll take a hit but they'll still make their money somewhere else but the mom and pop game that is made by a team of five people that has just a couple of cosmetics in it that helps them fund it it's going to ruin their game because they have to put an m on it even though it's a an e game, thirteen game. Yeah. yeah, no, and I I totally agree, and it really sucks because cosmetic, cosmetics and stuff in games are a really good thing, and they're arguably like helping f- like continue like good game practices. Like League, technically, it's a free game. League does. I think how League does skins and any kind of buying is really good in the way that they've done it. The they they're like their hextech crafting system is like one of the best ones because you get the you earn both the things to unlock them and the uh and the boxes through like good gameplay from leveling like gameplay decent, and all that yeah well, yeah leveling gameplay stuff like that right and, and like do you can you buy into it absolutely you but they but they do events that like fund like events that they're putting on like msi there's like a promotion right now for msi where you like pay into it it's like 15 much- bucks and you got extra stuff i paid for that yeah, exactly. So did I. Yeah, and you and you get you get extra skins, you get extra cosmetics and stuff like that, and it goes back into esports, which is dope because that's what we talk about. And uh, you know, and like you just collect, you passively collect the stuff by playing their game, by playing a game that you already enjoy playing. So yeah, it's, I don't, I'm scared, man. I'm scared for you guys. I don't give a shit up here. I, I'm scared for you guys. I mean, this is such a big thing, and this bill could not make it anywhere. I mean, we have a long way to go before we really have to worry about it. But something we should bring up, something we should talk about, and at least keep our opinions on it. But is there anything else you want to touch up on before we kind of um, end the day with the follow-up? Yeah, so um, I just want to say, like, like James, you see you don't care about this. You should very much care, because if if our government every, regulates this, I know. Every, yeah. every company is in the U.S., unfortunately. That's why yeah. it doesn't matter when, like, Australia or Germany is, like, putting these really like harsh regulations on what can and can't be in video games because they don't make the games. Who cares? Who cares about that? They'll just, we'll give them a hey, weird 2K Australia is out there. Be careful. <laughs> Dude, everything you guys, 2K Sydney. Like, everything you goons do down there, man, it like affects me up here. Oh yeah. Like, it, oh yeah. It, it just like, it like passively comes up, man. It's like diffusion. Yeah. It's like superpower, by the way, uh, neck yourself. 
All right. With that, I will hand it back over to you one more time, James, hopefully for the last kind of follow up on this whole Rick Fox situation. Uh, no, this isn't going to be the last one. The last one we're going to get is a decision on how it goes. True. But as an update, we got the transcripts. We got confirmation that this dude is a massive racist. Great he was seat. thrown around. Yeah, yeah, he was thrown around the end bomb. He was thrown around anti-Semitism. And uh, so we got like so we got a statement from Rick. Rick was pretty much like, yeah, this need like, I mean, we kind of said this already, like, but he more or less confirmed it. He was like, yeah, this guy needs to go or else I go. And now we're also seeing some solidarity with uh, some of the other NA owners. Uh, Liquid Steve, um, also, like, you know, money paid by Steve, any of other as many monikers, you know, Lord of the Seven Kingdoms, whatever. Um, he's, uh, he basically was just like, he literally, like, he did this interview at MSI and he just said, like, straight up, like, fuck that guy. Like, I, which also just made me realize we need to put an explicit tag on this week's episode because we've been like, you. Swooping. You. Whoa, 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 Dylan's been bad too. Dylan's no, been bad, been too. bad. Dylan's been worse than I me. I have man. been bad. So it's 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 a combination. It's a do it's a dual effort. Dylan, we do so good, buddy. Um, but yeah, so we're just kind of we're gonna be waiting kind of for the final verdict, I guess, to see if he goes or if Rick goes. Um, like like we said in previous episodes, I think it's kind of the beginning of the end for Echo Fox. If Mr. Fox, hmm. yeah. I don't, I don't have much opinion on this. Racist guy, racist. No story here. Not yet, at least. Just kind of a follow-up. Exactly. But I guess we could have kind of wrapped that in with the honorable mentions because we do have one of them. I don't know which one of you guys ended up deciding you want to take that one. I'll let Dylan, I'll let Dylan take yeah, it. I'll take it. Um, so fans of Faker, like the League of Legends player, like the, the leg, League of the Legends guy. player, like the, the, unkill- the unkillable God. demon king is it yeah. which goes by. So his birthday was 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 the other day, and uh, his fans bought like a New York Times billboard for, like they I guess they all pulled their money together was and this like, like on a crowdfunding thing or what? I I assume so. Yeah, I mean, I assume it was just like a crowdfunding from his fans, and just like in Times Square, there was just a like a faker birthday like happy birthday thing with his face that's which is cool. cool because it's new like it's Times square that's like big that's a lot of, that's a lot of money that's like probably one of the most expensive places to put a billboard they put faker there for his birthday and then they i love it yeah of course man faker's like faker's world renowned everybody knows about faker yeah you're not wrong but that's really the only honorable mention unless either one of you guys had anything you kind of wanted to bring up out of nowhere um, there's been some confirmed roster moves today in the NALCS because I know where we are in NA based show. We kind of th- we kind of talk about the NALCS or, or the LCS a fair bit. Um, amazing, who has been like he's like a seven year veteran of like one of the few. So seven year veteran of esports has been on like eight different teams. That's why trading cards don't work. Um, he is now confirmed for hundred thieves. Your guys, Andrew, and uh, Saligo is now the new mid laner. Um, my organization that I'm a huge fan of, CLG, got rid of Darshan. We picked up Ruin, who's out from Turkey. Um, oh, good job, dude. Um, and uh, so that kind of leads me to be like, do I want to do an off-season video series again? I don't know if I want to go back to that. It was a lot of fun when I did it the last time. Um, yeah, let me know. But yeah, with that, um, 
I don't think we have too much. We talked about a lot of variety of things today, so I'm always happy that when we talk about more than just Overwatch or League of Legends. We had a good variety today, but thank you to everyone that was in chat hanging out with us and for watching Project Esports. I mean... Okay, I, I, I'm not used to this good of a transition. We haven't done this in a while. Well, we haven't done this good of a transition in a while. But yeah, guys, uh, for anybody who interacted in the chat, anybody who listens to us on the drive home to work, the drive to work, all that good stuff, it means the world. God bless. And we go live every single Monday, 6.30 Eastern Standard Time here at twitch.tv slash popped underscore off. We have a pre-show and a post-show that you can't get anywhere else except for the Twitch VODs, of course. Um, but yeah, we really like when you come out and interact and chat. We, we hang out. We have a good time. And if you're not able to, to catch the live show, all the VODs go up on YouTube the following day and at every single podcast platform. I'm talking Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, Podmeme, Podbean, all the, the podcast platforms, literally all of them, like all of them. If there's one that we're not on, DM me. Awesome. Well, with that, I am Andrew. I'm James. I'm Dylan. And thank you for watching Project Esports for May 13th, 2019. We will see you guys next Monday on twitch.tv slash popped underscore off.